0: You're listening to Illini Life Audio, messages from a community of Christian believers on the campus of University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. For more audio and video content, visit illinilife.org.
1: Good morning. Uh, My name is J.D. This is the baritone J.D. today uh, because my voice has been in and out uh, this last week. And, uh, but, Sai, uh, who thankfully, thanks, Sai, is running slides today. If I just like disappear, I think he'll jump up here and, and give the message. Uh, <clears throat> I am, uh, I have the privilege of uh, working alongside Kyle and Nick in uh, helping lead Illini Life. Uh, I also drive the truck that has equipment in it. So, uh <clears throat> so that's, uh, I'd rather be a truck driver in the house of my God than uh, then dwell in the tents of wickedness. Uh so does anybody see any good podcasts in the last week? Be honest. Is anybody so yeah anybody not to hear a good podcast? So oh okay well uh, this could be today the section that we're looking at out of the Gospel of John would make a great podcast. It would be one of the AMA podcasts, you know what those are uh but instead that's the ask me anything podcast But instead of having a carefully curated set of questions that supposedly came at random from the audience, this is truly uh, from the audience. Uh, Jesus was, uh, to set the stage for this, uh, Jesus was uh, still at the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, which was one of the three times during the year that the Jewish nation got together. And, and this, was, this was my favorite one. You can read about them in Deuteronomy 16. But this was at the end of harvest, and it was just a time where God commanded them to feast and have a good time. Uh, the, uh, in Deuteronomy, it says the goal was for them to have total joy, complete joy. God had commanded them that that should happen. And so they did the best as humanly possible. Uh, I love this. Uh, <clears throat> this is from the Mishnah which is one of the uh, collections of, from the Jewish oral tradition. Men of piety and good works danced through the night, holding burning torches in their hands and singing songs and praises while the Levitical orchestra uh, played. And there were lights uh, that were so bright that from the temple it practically lit up the whole city. So there, there are men I know in our church uh, who would be capable of holding a torch and dancing at the same time. Not all of us, but I just have this picture in my mind of uh, David Null and David Ross uh, out there dancing and celebrating uh, in, all night because there were lights. So Jesus is going to stand up in the midst of that, and he's going to announce that he is the light. So I want to, set, I want to, I want to back up and kind of see where this comes in. Uh, so <clears throat> here's, we've, we've talked about John's motivation for writing this book. He says, see, these things have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Uh, Jesus' motivation for... <clears throat> living the book of John, uh, he says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So my, my goal here is that if you have not experienced this life, you might see the path to do that. You might, you might <clears throat> see the steps to take to experience that life. And if you have, that you would experience it abundantly. So... In order for that to happen, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your love that brought you from heaven to earth, that <clears throat> held you together during those, during those three years that took you to the cross. Lord, <clears throat> thank you that that love today is as hot as ever and Lord, I thank you that your desire for us to experience abundant life is 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 overpowering, overwhelming Lord. I pray that that your spirit that you sent to teach us would do that now. Lord, help us <clears throat> see through uh, the darkness and and see the light that you are. amen <clears throat> so uh as we referred to, Jesus makes you know his—he's revealing who he is, and he, and seven times in the book of John, it's recorded that he said, "I am." And so, uh, I think it's helpful to uh, to see all those kind of in an overview. Uh, <clears throat> and so he says, he says, "I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger." These, so uh, I've kind of, I've pulled out. Uh, <clears throat> what it is that he wants us to experience as a result of who he is, uh, as a result being the bread of life, he wants us to uh, he wants to satisfy our hungers. Uh, the light of the world, he f- who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We'll come back to that and dive into it. Uh, <clears throat> he says he is the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. Will go in and out and find pasture. So he is, he is the shepherd who can lead us to rest and nourishment. He is the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. The abundant life means that you know him and that you can hear his voice. He is the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. So <clears throat> there's, uh, there's the solution to what happens uh, when you die. If you uh, know Jesus and you know the life, then it says that you will live even if you die. Uh, the way, the truth, and the life no one comes to the Father but through me. So to come to God is through Jesus Christ, and He is the true vine. He who abides in me and I in Him, He bears much fruit. So, uh, which is kind of what we all want to do. We all want our lives to be productive, we all want our lives to make a difference. And Jesus says, that the way to do that is connect to Him as the source of life. So these are all some of the dimensions of abundant life. Now we're going to focus in on one of those specifically relating to darkness and light. So, here's, here's the beginning of our passage in John 8, verse 12. Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life so there's some implications of this that i think are helpful to see from the start he says "Uh, i am the light of the world he who follows me will not walk in darkness so what's the implication there of not following him that you will walk in darkness that You will walk in darkness. Uh, <clears throat> so, so, since you know we're all uh, U of I students or have been, uh, the uh, and some do homework and don't, some don't. But uh, <clears throat> the uh, so we're going to do we're going to do the brief history of light and darkness. All right, <clears throat> how many messages are contained in this one slide? But since he's going to he's going to talk to us about. Not walking in darkness, but walking in light. Where does this all come from? So God makes light. So this is probably one of the most uh, well-known verses universally from the Bible. Uh, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. So, so light exists uh, because of God from his mind and creativity. <clears throat> but then Satan and his band rebel and rule the domain of darkness so books libraries have been filled with this though there's not a lot about it specifically in scripture jesus said i was watching satan fall from heaven like lightning so so there is a domain of darkness uh ruled by satan and um and adam and eve rebelled and joined it they joined the domain of darkness adam uh who uh, hid from God, uh, which was one of the signs of darkness uh, in the garden after he rebelled. He jo- they joined Satan in darkness, but God promised a way back. And uh, <clears throat> Paul, describing that in Acts 26, uh, says that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God. So, the picture that, this is, that the Scripture paints is that it's not the case of where we're, we're standing in the middle of the road and on one side there's darkness and on one side there's light and we make a choice. The choice was made for us, uh, the Bible says, when Adam fell and all of us are born into darkness. And that's, <clears throat> that's, that's where Jesus is speaking when he says that they will have the light of life and they will no longer walk in darkness. So here are, here are uh, some of the other aspects of light that were part of the Jewish history uh, that Jesus was speaking into. God leads by light. Uh, he led in Exodus. It describes him leading by, as a pillar of fire by night. The Jews worshipped God as their light. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light, my salvation. Uh, God's word is their light. Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And then there's, a, there's the uh, prophecies of the servant of God, especially in Isaiah, that talk about <clears throat> him being the light. He says, I will also make you a light of the nations so that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Jesus came as the light, and then he set up the confrontation that we're going to read about today. Uh, John 1, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The English Standard Version says, did not overcome it. And so there was a tension created when Jesus came into the world between the light and the darkness. Uh, For those of you uh, who have believed in Christ, uh, that's where we all start out. We all start out in darkness. But uh, Christ rescues all those who will come to him, for he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So I want to I look at that, that uh, confrontation, that situation that, that arose when Jesus came as light into the world. Uh, and I want to I think specifically about how darkness challenges the light, and how does the light overcome the darkness? Because what we're going to see here really puts uh, the whole Marvel universe to shame. Uh, because what we're going to see here is we're actually seeing the light confront the darkness. I, <clears throat> I wish I could do justice to this. I asked God to send an angel uh, <clears throat> to, to play this out here uh, and you get me. Uh, <clears throat> so I don't want you to see what's, what's going on here. This isn't just you know, a couple guys that suck up a conversation uh, at the Feast of Tabernacles. This was the light and the voice of the darkness confronting each other. This is the, this is the epic battle. Of the universe and it's being played out right here in front of us right here as we watch this dialogue we're talking about the light speaking to the darkness and the darkness challenging the light and what I want to look at is how does the darkness challenge the light and how does the light overcome the darkness because this this titanic struggle that was going on that we read about in John 8, it's happening in this room right now. Right now, in this room, the voice of light is speaking as well as the voice of darkness. And in your life, when you're back in your dorm room, when you're back <coughs> wherever, wherever you go, that battle will be playing out. You will, you will hear the voice of light. Because John 1 says that when he came into the world, now he enlightens every, every person. Every person hears something in the voice of light. But you will also hear the voice of darkness. And, and no matter how long you've been following Christ, if you're a believer, or where you are in your journey of investigating him, you will hear the voice of light and the voice of darkness. And this titanic struggle is being played out right now. And that's why we prayed at the outset, because we all need God's help in that. And especially now as we look at it together, let's consider how darkness challenges the light and how the light overcomes it. Uh, And I've broken this down into three challenges. Uh, and just for the sake of us kind of wrapping our heads around all that's going on here. Uh, so, um, so, we're going we're gonna to look at the, this uh, dialogue on the screen. And uh, we'll have a couple voices here represent uh, the light and darkness.
0: I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life.
2: You are testifying about yourself. Your testimony is not true.
0: Even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I am not judging anyone. But even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone in it, but I and the Father who sent me. Even in your law, it has been written that the testimony of two men is true. I am he who testifies about myself, and the Father who sent me testifies about me.
2: Where is your Father?
0: You know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. All right, so this first
1: challenge, I call it the challenge of veracity, and since we're all U of I students, we know what that means, right? (laughs) Uh, Is it true? Is it true? They said, we we can't accept it as truth because you're the only one speaking. So, what the, the context of that is that in the law, it took two people to witness an event in order to establish its veracity, in order to say it was true. Uh, on the evidence of two, three witness, on the evidence of two or three witnesses, uh, someone can be put to death. Uh, he shall not be put to death on the evidence of one witness. So this is in the Old Testament a couple times, but then in the New Testament it shows up even more. Uh, <clears throat> one that is pretty familiar to many is uh, is what to do if someone uh, if someone sins against you and and you go to them. The, the final uh, step in that process, it says, if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you, so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. So in order for something to be a fact, in order for what Jesus was saying to be true, there needed to be another witness. Uh, and actually, it's interesting, John, uh, Jesus himself had said back in John 5, that if he was the only one bearing witness of himself, his, his testimony would not be true. So it could be the Jews are just referring back to that and say, hey, well, you, you know, you're not, we, we can't accept you as truth because you're, uh, it's just you. And Jesus then says, well, in this case, uh, yes, uh, you should accept my testimony, uh, even if I were the one, but I'm, but I'm not because the father has also born witness. So there are two witnesses, the son and the father and the way, the way the Father is born witness is He spoke uh, audibly uh, <clears throat> from heaven uh, at times when there were witnesses. He also enabled Jesus to do the miracles that the Son of God was uh <clears throat> prophesied to do. So the Father bore witness to who Jesus is. So... Um, so that's the challenge of veracity. All right, let's, uh, let's look at the uh, next challenge. I call it uh, the challenge of necessity uh, because this is, uh, this is where uh, Jesus is going to tell them that, listen, uh, <clears throat> you're going to die unless you get this. You're going to die. And not only that, between now and then, you're going to be slaves to behavior that's destroying your life. So uh, I call this challenge the challenge of necessity. So let's hear light and darkness.
0: I go away, and you will seek me and will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come.
2: Surely he will not kill himself, will he? Since he says, where I am going, you cannot come.
0: You are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. Who are you? What I have been saying to you from the beginning, I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and the things which I heard from him, these I speak to the world. When you lift up the son of man, then you will know that I am he, and I do nothing of my own initiative. But I speak these things as the Father taught me, and I, and he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free.
2: We are Abraham's descendants and have never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free?
0: Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak the things which I have seen with my father. Therefore, you also do the things which you heard from your father.
1: So there's a couple of uh, references that Jesus uh, makes to himself in there that I want to call your attention to. Uh, when he says, you are from below, I'm from above. You're of this world, I'm not of this world. Therefore I've said that you will die in your sins unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Now, when he says unless you believe that I am he, that is, uh, that is the same language that he's going to use at the end of our <clears throat> at our at the end of our uh passage today uh, that caused a dramatic response and that is he says unless you believe that I am unless you believe that I am <clears throat> uh this time it appears uh that they you know they're scratching their heads on that when they say I am it leads them to, well who are you uh shortly after that he says when you lift up the son of man then you will know that i am he says i am he and that's the same construction uh linguistic construction he's saying that i i am unless then you will know that i am and i do nothing on my own initiative but i speak these things as the father taught me for he who sent me is with me That is the uh, challenge of necessity. The, uh, <clears throat> we'll, we'll look at that, we'll come back and look at that again in a minute. Uh, I want to move on to the third challenge, the challenge of identity. This is, where, this is where those statements that Jesus makes about who he is, about him being I am, uh, really connect with them. Uh, let's, let's hear the third challenge of darkness
0: to light.
2: Abraham is our father.
0: If you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. But as it is, you are seeking to kill me, a man who has told you the truth which I heard from God. This Abraham did not do. You are, the, you are doing the deeds of your father.
2: We were not born of fornication. We have one father, God.
0: If God were your father, you would love me, for I have proceeded forth and have come from God. For I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I am saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason, you do not hear them, because you are not of God.
2: Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon?
0: I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. But I do not seek my glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never
2: see death. Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, and the prophets also. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never of death. Surely you are not greater than our father Abraham, who died. The prophets died too. Whom do you make yourself out to be?
0: If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say, He is our God. And you have not come to know him, but I know him. And if I say that I do not know him, I will be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad.
2: You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham?
0: Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am.
1: Let's see why that ended the conversation. Uh, <coughs> they uh, the next verse says uh, <coughs> gives the Jewish response uh, to uh, his last statement. Therefore, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. So the picking up of stones. So that was uh, <coughs> that was. Um, Meant to be uh, after uh, a judicial judicial uh, procedure, not in just uh, mob anger. But uh, you can see here on the screen that one who blasphemes in the name of the Lord shall be put to death. All the congregation shall certainly stone him. So they, uh, <clears throat> the the third time he says, "I am," uh, it registers that he is claiming to be the self-existent one Uh, and it's uh most likely referring back to uh these these passages uh or the uh, from the book of isaiah which they would have been familiar with here is the i am speaking uh in isaiah isaiah 41 uh who has performed and accomplished it calling forth the generations from the beginning I, the Lord, am the first, and with the last, I am. I am he. And in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the Septuagint, this is the same, uh, exactly same language as Jesus used in referring to himself uh, in the conversation in John 8. Uh, Here's here's who the I am is from Isaiah. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant, whom I am chosen, so that you may know and believe me, And understand that I am he before me there was no God formed and there will be none after me so he was the one and only God and Jesus is saying I am even from eternity I am and there is none who can deliver out of my hand I act and who can reverse it Jesus is claiming to be that God I even I am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my sake I am the, the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. And there are other passages in Isaiah where this language is used, I am, and that's Jesus was connecting and standing up and saying, I am, I am the one that you have worshipped as God uh, since uh, Isaiah prophesied. All right. <laughs> um... So let's let's think about this. The summary here of uh, darkness and light, and what we've learned about it so far. So darkness uh, is is from below, uh, <clears throat> from this world. So that's from below. Just means it's it's not heaven. From this world is referring to uh, the uh, <laughs> the world that we that we experience, see every day. Cannot go where Jesus goes. Uh, specifically cannot go to uh, heaven where God is enslaved to sin. Darkness is enslaved to sin. Uh, father is the devil. Not that they were begotten by the devil. Uh, we're all made in the image of God. God makes people, but the devil was their father in the sense of who they look to, who their, who their roots, where they look to for their roots uh was the devil the father of the devil and they cannot hear the words of god light on the other hand light is from above not from this world light is going to the father light is free lives freely uh and light looks to god uh as our as our root as um our example, uh, <clears throat> and hears and obeys God. Uh, so in, in nested in this conversation with these three challenges, uh, there are three promises. <clears throat> uh, one of them is uh, that we, j- we just heard Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you're truly disciples of mine. You will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Uh, another promise is that he who hears the words, he who is of God, hears the words of God. So uh, light is able to hear what God is saying. Uh, clearly in this conversation, you can see that there, was, uh, there were two different languages being spoken. There was the language of light, which had no comprehension on the side of darkness. And then there was the, the words of darkness. Uh, the third promise, of course, is that uh, if anyone hears my word, he will never see death. So let's think for a minute then about how darkness challenged the light and the three challenges. Uh, <clears throat> one is simply that Jesus' way is not true. It's just not true. It's it's a story. It's uh, it's mythical. It's a legend. This is kind of where I was at when I when I wound up at, uh, when I was at college and, and I had not read the Bible for myself as an adult. But my freshman year, if you'd ask me if I were a Christian, I would have said, "Well, yeah, I guess because you know I grew up in Kansas <laughs> uh, and you know I'm not a." Uh, I'm not a Muslim or a Buddhist. I guess I must be a Christian, but I, you know, is it real? Is it true? Um, I didn't know. Uh, I, I wouldn't be able to defend. Uh, I was still in darkness. Uh, necessity. The challenge to the necessity is that, well, Jesus' way is optional. There are many paths. There are many paths to God, and uh, you don't even really have to think about it because. If it's not true, then, then who knows? You know, you find out when you die, I guess. And there, there are uh, philosophers and voices that have said that. The challenge, the identity challenge, is that Jesus is not the all-sufficient one. That he is not able to do it all. You don't know me. I am such a mess. I I have my... What I have done, uh, it's irreparable. It's beyond repair. And <clears throat> the thought of, of me living separate from that, yeah, no, no one could pull that off. He, he is not, he was, he was just a man. He is not God. He is not the all-sufficient one. And those are the challenges that exist right now to the light. And it's not hard to find these uh the uh so i want to i want to wrap up here with the the answer from the light how does the light answer how does the light answer this how did how did uh how did jesus answer the the challenge of his veracity of his truthfulness he said god's born witness to me it, <coughs> the things that the things that Jesus did and <clears throat> said are anchored in history for us. Paul, Paul uh, when he was sharing his story, said at one point, these things didn't happen in a corner. This didn't happen in, in some place that wasn't observable by people. Uh, and so, light directs us to... Ask God. Ask God to show you. He bore witness then. He will bear witness now. And there's no questions that he's, he is afraid of. Uh, whatever question to the truthfulness of the gospel, the reliability of Scripture, any of the challenges that maybe ha- are still floating in your mind or that you will be exposed to, the, <clears throat> the challenge of the light, uh, the responses. seek out the answers. Because there are a lot of things, a lot of things said that are simply not true about Jesus. There are a lot of straw man arguments, and <clears throat> um, so light overcomes veracity as you as you seek the truth. How about necessity? Uh, <clears throat> Jesus said. Uh, that if you know the truth, uh, the truth will make you free—freedom from uh, your your sins, the things that that have broken your relationship with God, or that are that are eating you right now, that are uh, that are destroying uh, your life. So, light says, "Bring me your sin issues." Uh, Jesus, there's there's no there's no sin. There's no uh, struggle that uh, he will turn away from. That It says he, he cannot turn away from the one who, who has a broken heart. Um, bring him your sin issues. Jesus will forgive you and give you a new beginning. And that's for those, <clears throat> that's for those of us who've known him a long time and struggle with sin in our lives. Uh How about the identity issue? So light says, <clears throat> light says, test me in this as well. Bring him your weakness, failure, because his authority, power, love, wisdom, they are inexhaustible. You can, <clears throat> you can test him. You can, uh, and you will find that he will, he will not, uh, he will not fail. Uh, so, to wrap the story about my freshman year, I read the New Testament uh, for the first time as, a, as an adult, and uh, and I though I you know I'd heard the story of Christ dying on the cross. Uh, I thought, well, that's for that's for good people, right? That's for good sinners, and uh, not bad sinners. And so, uh, but then I, you know, I discovered that well, you know, actually, uh, there are no good sinners, and I, and I was, a, and I was a bad sinner, and that was while I was separated from God, and spitting in His face. That was when Christ died for me, and I discovered uh, what it meant that that salvation is by grace, it's by God's gift, and not by anything I would do. Uh, and so, the light came on over my head if you'd have been there i don't know if you'd have been angels or whatever i was in a dorm room by myself and uh the 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 life that jesus promised uh i got it i realized that hey i'm i'm on my way to heaven i've got i've got someone now with me who's eternal he is he is the i am and he uh, he will uh, give me what I need, and uh, so that was just over 50 years ago, and uh, He has shown Himself to be uh, to be the I am to me, and I have and I have walked through these challenges that darkness uh, has presented, that darkness presented to Jesus here, and uh, and you will walk through them too, and uh, and just know that he is the light of the world, and those who follow him will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Let's pray.